Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Eyes open at 1850, 104, 106. Uh, with regards to red alerts, as your man was talking about there, um, it's quite interesting because many people were critical yesterday of all of the alerts and the warnings and the reds and the oranges and stuff like that. Uh, and I know that some people got a right old hammering and some lost water and some lost power and one or two people had crashes and near misses and there was trees down and lots of twigs and leaves and what have you and wind. Uh, but by and large, I think it's fair to say it didn't deliver with the ferocity and ferociousness that we were to expect. But uh, anyway, apparently now uh, Leo Varadkar is saying that they're going to review storm responses in the future. It's one thing what Matt Aaron said but it's a lot of the time it can be very different if you look at the weather apps that are available. So he said yesterday, while he defended the government's decision, say, to keep schools closed in counties given an orange weather warning, uh, he said that uh, schools in many areas were kept shut for two days for good reason, because we didn't want them being injured or hurt or killed, whether they were being driven to school or walking to school or what have you. Uh, but yesterday, that was a complete and utter nonsense, because yesterday was by and large just a lovely day. Uh, the Mirror this morning says the decision to close schools in an orange alert area during Barra would be reviewed according to the tonnage. The classes were due to open again today. Please tell me that they're all back, will you? Please tell me that. Uh, of course, we have COVID-related stories uh, and just, to, just I, I'm trying to accentuate the more positive ones and that's why uh, the examiner's headline is interesting in its front page this morning. They're saying that the Pfizer jab, the Pfizer booster protects against Omicron. But did I hear yesterday that a lot of people aren't actually getting the Pfizer booster, they're getting others uh, that, that they want to use up Astra and things like that before the best before date. So they're also talking in the papers this morning, like the Mirror says, that kids over five are to be offer, offered the, the vaccine. That would be five to 11 year olds and uh, details and plans for that will be published within days. Of course, not mandatory. Mother of God, the confusion over the booking of the, bo- of the boosters is just nuts. There are two different systems. You've got the HSE system and then you have the pharmacy and the doctor's GP systems and they're both two, two different computer systems and they don't talk to each other and they're at least two days out of sync. So when you hear of 125,000 people not turning up for a booster jab, it's not true. A lot of them have already got it in a pharmacy or they've got it from their GP. But the HSE have also sent them out an appointment that they don't take up. So a bit of joined up thinking or is it too much to ask that there's any joined up think- thinking with regards to COVID or Delta or Beta or Omicron. But now apparently they're saying we'll face a second booster jab. And that's just the way it's going to be, I suppose, for the short term until we get a fix on this and we build up body immunity to it. So a fourth jab dose of Om- for the Omicron may well be needed according to uh, Leo Varadkar. So he's waxing lyrical for sure in the past 24 hours. You know, the people coming back then are coming into Ireland that are supposed to have a PCR test or an antigen test to prove that they're not sick. Well, apparently not everybody is. Some of them that have been detained at Dublin Airport are presenting false tests. And others then are just like 95 of them just rocked in with no tests at all. How they got into the country, I have no idea. But apparently those 100 air passengers are being referred to the guardie, would you just not test them at the airport and just see whether they're okay or not and let them go on their way? But I suppose the way it is, it's rules are rules, regulations are regulations. That is, unless you're in the UK and there's murder in the UK, there's nothing it seems possible to topple Johnson, uh, regardless as he stumbles from one disaster to the next. And the English Times this morning, and indeed our own broadsheets, talk of the latest one. These are parties at Downing Street, an alleged party uh, over Christmas last year with many, many people 
in the Prime Minister's apartment. Now, I don't know anything about the Prime Minister's apartment, but there was 40 inside in a room and they're doing secret Santas and playing board games and singing and drinking and drinking wine and nibbles. So apparently, uh, if you didn't know it, uh, the rules are just for the little people. The rules are just for the plebs. They're not for the politicians, nor those that work for politicians. So that's the latest one that's happening with the girls. It's a bit like our version of... Well, it's not actually. I suppose it's an awful lot worse than Golfgate, really, when you think of it, isn't it? Uh, but still, people are desperate to get overseas and to go on their holidays. Not now, not anytime soon, by and large, but next summer. And the mail, this, uh, the mirror this morning says that summer halls and the booking of summer halls is up nearly a quarter a bit of a surge going on there with travellers spending an awful lot more time now planning and booking and putting down deposit. It doesn't say where they want to go, but I guess it'll be the sun and places like that. But here on Side, of course, the Panto will go on at the Everyman and indeed the Opera House. And I know there are lots of small ones as well happening. But lovely photograph of Fanula Lenehan making the front of this morning's uh, echo with Graham McDermott from this year's Panto, the Cado Pan- Cada Panto that'll happen at the Everyman. Aladdin. Um, and it starts, uh, it's a Christmas run. Actually, it started its Christmas run, I should say, yesterday. So break a leg, lads, particularly Fanula. I did three or four pantos with her. She's a great star, a great actor, and a lovely, lovely person. And then here, another story on Lisa. The Ellie Ethna down in Hall Bolan makes the front of the star today because the military police, they're serious geezers, the military police. They're investigating a probe, de- uh, probing an incident in Hall Bolan where a burglar got on board the Ellie Ethna, had a good old look around on board, and only stole, from what I can see, dirty laundry and a bottle of whiskey. Was there nothing else on board that was worth stealing? And as you heard in the news there this morning, for the first time ever in either code since the launch of the All-Star um, scheme, if you like, uh, the Cork Hurlers have been given the ultimate snub and the ultimate indignity. Uh, no players on the All-Stars. Meanwhile, we were bait by Limerick and they get 12 places so Rebels Reeling from Shock All-Star Stub is a story making the inside pages of the Echo today. And the papers also this morning talk in quite some detail with regards to uh, radio listenership that was announced uh, yesterday. This is the JNLR. There's a figure out now uh, today for the last 12 months listening. I'll come back to that a little later on this morning. But it dominates many of the front pages. RTE stars out of tune. Many of them losing big, big numbers, both the radio uh, one and indeed two FM, uh, big drops for them. And I, I can't help but think that maybe, maybe COVID-itis set in with listeners, particularly in RT Radio 1. Whereas here on Lisa, the numbers are absolutely incredible. Huge, huge gains and massive, massive numbers, which is terrific. I'll come back to that a little, little later on, but it's great. It's a clear endorsement that people love what they hear here on Side. And a couple of stories then related to Christmas time. How many of you have forgotten to buy a Christmas present for a family member and only relies on Christmas morning? It's too late at that stage. You can hardly go out and get the milk or a box or a packet of batteries. Uh, but, I mean, if it's sometime in the middle of Christmas Eve afternoon, you can probably rectify it. But apparently a quarter of people have forgotten to buy a present for a family member before Christmas. So that's why it's always very handy to have a re-gift handy, you know, somewhere in the attic or the cupboard that you can drag out at the last minute. But there are pediatric surgeons now coming out saying, will you please don't buy any Christmas toys that contain magnets this Christmas. Apparently children have an awful habit of swallowing them. So stay away. And also, I love this one. Many, many people at Christmas time might be buying wool as a gift for a loved one because their loved one may have taken up knitting 
or they may be buying them paint or paintbrushes because they've taken up painting. I'm not talking about walls now or doors. I'm talking about painting, art. Or indeed, they might, in the last couple of years, have become addicted and in love with jigsaws because sales of all of those are up too. Why? Very good to reduce anxiety, very good to reduce stress, and very good to look after your mental health. Jigsaws? Are you serious? Jigsaws are good to reduce anxiety and stress. Am I the only person whose head gets wrecked by the pieces that just don't fit? The Neil Prenderville Show. Lines open 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. An awful lot to do, but the countdown to Christmas continues. What day is it today? The 9th of December. All right, it's a Thursday. So what have we got left? Um, 15, 15, maybe 16 days? Crikey. We've got a lot planned for Christmas. Not just Christmas songs or Christmas memories, but also Christmas visits and vodka. And Seamus was down in Yall District Nursing Home in Gertrude in East Cork there recently. He, we've been, he's been chatting with some lovely, lovely people. I think he was telling me yesterday that Chrissy, who was on the air, is what? Is she 90 years old? Yesterday's girl who was a uh, lady who was, uh, you know, talking about her own traditions of Christmas past. Here's another one for you because he caught up with lots of the residents down there who were sharing their own stories uh, of, of Christmas past. And it's always lovely to hear them. So with regards to that, let me check in with um, Margaret, um, who was uh, in great form when she was chatting about it after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. So off we go on our travels yet again with memories of Christmas past and we're interested in yours too. So text 0868-104-106 and also email neil at redfm.ie. There's big prizes in it, but here's Patricia. She's lovely. I grew up in Cork City, the second of four children. And... um, when we were children, when we were small, we didn't go to midnight mass, so we went in the morning. There was always the crib, of course, uh, uh, um, to be admired at the mass, and, and we had the mass, which was always had extra singing, and was lovely because I enjoyed the singing at mass. And then, when we came home. Our presents were under the Christmas tree in the sitting room. We didn't have them um, stockings in our bedroom, as some people do. We had them in the sitting room. So when we came home from Mass, we children made a beeline for the sitting room and uh, explored our presents. And then we ate breakfast <laughs> after that. And did you ever visit Santa being, being in the city? Because a lot of these country folk wait for him to come to them. But did you ever yeah. go to him? Yes, there was um, a shop called Days, D-A-Y-S, in Cork, uh, in Patrick Street. And mum and dad used to take us there for our Christmas visit to Santa. And we always got a a brown paper bag with um, colouring books and and, um, little toys and maybe pencils or crayons in it. And uh, we were delighted with those. And we also told him whatever it was that we wanted that year for Christmas. 
thank God I had a very happy childhood. Uh, unlike the others, we had electricity and we had um, lights on the Christmas tree and Dad used to be good with the electric lights and that those he'd um, fix them up every year. We always decorated the tree with Mother. There was an angel, a particular angel that she would put on the very top of the tree and then uh, the rest of the way down there were baubles and, and tinsel garlands and um, we used to enjoy doing that with her but now it wasn't a month before like it is nowadays before Christmas it was uh, done about maybe four or five days before Christmas um, we'd put up the Christmas tree and this was a great thing and mother would wait for us to come home and, and do it with her or you know to be on holiday from school because she wouldn't do it without us because we got so much joy out of um, doing the tree. And whose responsibility was it then to put the angel at the top of the tree? Mother's. Not, I thought that yeah. was the youngest in the house. It was their job to do that. Oh, well, you see, she was tall. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I don't know why that's not working. It should be working because I wanted to do some of the uh, Christmas uh, traditional memories. So let me try it again because I've got a lot of them. Oh, there you go. We have um, 500 euro vouchers to give away every day, courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre Blackpool. If you would like to share your extraordinary, quirky, unusual, traditional, beautiful, reminiscent Christmas traditional story, please do so. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. My cherished Christmas memories from long ago are after Christmas dinner, I, with my children and my sisters with their children, would all call to see my mum and dad. My mother would get all of her grandchildren, 22 of them, to gather round her, 22 of them, to sing Christmas hymns and carols. I'll never forget her face. It was so beautiful to see. Thanks for a great show. Merry Christmas to all, says Kathleen. That's a beautiful, beautiful... I don't know if you ever got an opportunity to, to record any of that or film it. It must be a wonderful thing if you have and a cherished member with memory with 22 grandchildren singing Christmas carols. Every year, I mean, I mean to email you regarding a beautiful Christmas gift I was given as a child. As a child, I spent every weekend and all the holidays with my grandparents. My grandparents had a widowed neighbour who lived across the road and he grew his own vegetables. He would regularly drop rhubarb, potatoes, lettuce, spring onions to my grandparents. One Christmas, he knocked at the door and left the veg, but as he walked away, my grandfather thanked him and asked him would he like to go for a pint and a drop in the local pub for Christmas. Well, they both went and suffice to say they had a few pints and a few drops. My grandfather brought the neighbour home with him for dinner at one o'clock. After dinner, the neighbour realised I was there and said he was sorry he hadn't anything for me. With that, he went across the road and brought back a Christmas decoration of Our Lady and Joseph and the baby Jesus. It was a wind-up ornament. He went on to explain that it was his wife's and that it was so old that over the years the winder had broken. Every year that was my decoration and I found it a special place. Forward on a few years, the neighbour passed away, as did my grandfather, and in 2007, myself and my husband bought that neighbour's house across the road uh, from my grandmother. We moved in two weeks before Christmas that year and my grandmother gave me an ornament that had been given to me. The ornament was back in the house it had came from. Uh, I now have uh, children, and every year they pick 
where that beautiful ornament goes. It's my most treasured Christmas ornament and it reminds me so much of my childhood all those years ago. It's very old and worn, but we love it. My girls know the story of where it came from and we love it that it came back home again. Sorry for the long-winded email. Happy Christmas to you all, says Karen. Well, it's not long-winded. It might be long-winded. Not if you ever got the winder fixed. But it's a beautiful story. Wouldn't you love to know just how old it is and whether it was handed down from generation to generation from that elderly man's family as well. So keep them coming. Text 0868104106. And happy Christmas to all. Meanwhile, I'm not so sure how happy a Christmas is going to be for Michelle. Michelle, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are uh, you? It says here, Disneyland disaster. Who booked what and when? Well, my mom very kindly booked um, a surprise gift for the two grandkids right. to Disneyland Paris for the 27th. Which is the day after Stephen's Day, right? Okay. Yeah, so that we'd be there for New Year's. Yeah. Um, so we were in a mad rush to get the, the passports and I applied for them back in October thinking, like I checked the wait times and everything, it said four weeks. So I was like, grand, we have loads of time. Got them in, they received them on the 10th of October and then a few weeks later I got a letter in the post which was my birth certificate. So with between the jigs and the reels when I was inside in the post office, I left my birth certificate on the counter instead of putting it into the envelope right. to send you the passport. So the post office managed to get it back to me and I sent it in to go with the passports and they've received it and everything. And yesterday, myself and my mum went up to the passport office. In Dublin? No, no, in court. Was oh, it open? It's the yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they were. And oh my God, the security guard that was inside there, he was so nice. I mean, honestly, couldn't deal with a nicer man. He was so helpful. He, he let us stand inside out of the cold. He was telling us that if we used the web chat that we might be able to um, book an appointment. It wasn't working on my phone. He brought out his Oh, so when you went to the passport office on the mall, yeah. you had to have an appointment. You couldn't go in. Yeah, they wouldn't let us. They wouldn't see us. Um, and then there was a woman who was actually working there because the security guy could only do so much and she walked past and of course he beckoned her then to see if she could do anything and she just kind of point blank said no, there's nothing she could do. Nothing, because so, you didn't have an appointment? Yeah, so she like she. So if you made an appointment, when would you get in? They won't let us. So what we rang. I, I tried to get onto the web chat. I couldn't. And then eventually I rang um, the passport office, got through to a guy He's been ages on the phone. I was on, over an hour on the phone to him and he said that because there is something already on the system that I can't make an appointment. You can only make an appointment if you don't, if you're like making a new application. Right. And then I said, what about this one day? Like you can pay 195 euros to get your passport in one day. I said, what about doing that? And he was like, no, you can't do that because you've already got something in the system. And I was like, so there is absolutely nothing I can do right now. And he was like, no, you can just hope. So you're telling me that if I wanted to put in a passport application today, right, mm. and I paid 195 euro, I would jump ahead of the queue of everybody yeah. else and get the passport in 24 hours. Yeah. So money exactly. talks then. Oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't, because they won't let me do that. No, 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 I'm not saying me. you, but if I decided well, now yeah. I'm going to renew my passport yeah. because I want to go somewhere in a few weeks' time, that for 195 euro, they will say that I'm better than you because I can pay yeah. more than you and I can get it faster than you. Yeah. Are you serious? 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I they're, they're, only, they're only swamped and backlogged for people who can't afford to jump queues. Well, yeah, exactly. I can't believe that. Are you sure? I'm 100% positive, like 100% that like the security guard t- told me that he had like a screenshot of all the different ways to get like your passport as fast as possible. And is he telling me that there is there are designated staff within the passport system who deal with wealthy people? I thought so. <laughs> Do you not find that bizarre? Is it just me? Oh, of course it is, but sure, that's the world we live in. No, 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 this is a government service. This is well, a yeah, that's this is this is part of what you're entitled to know, as a citizen of Ireland, not to Absolutely, be, yeah. not to be segregated into a different class because you can't yeah. afford 195 euro. I mean, that's I discri- that's oh, discrimination. That, that it's actually more than 195 for an adult one. It was 195 for a minor. It's over 200 for an adult one. I think to do the one day turnaround. So that still exists. exists. So one day turn around if you can afford it. But for everybody else who can't, you must wait months and months oh, and yeah. months and take your but chances. Like, the frustrating thing is that like the, the timelines that they're giving aren't accurate. No, they're, well, they're, they're not accurate. No, they're not. They're not. So like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you know, my mum has gone out of her way to do this for the kids. Um, they've had a really, really tough year with lots of personal things going on that their dad isn't around anymore. And right, yeah. It's just been that. You want to perk them up and a trip to Disneyland Paris would do just that. They need it. Yeah, like they really do. They need... Are they, they aware of the trip? Positive. No, 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 no. This is an ultimate surprise, but it's all they're talking about. Okay, is it their first passport? It is, yeah. Okay, they're, aren't they supposed to be faster? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think so. Or is it renewals are faster? Maybe it's renewals are faster. Somebody's text here, I renewed my passport online straight away, straightforward renewal yesterday, arrived in the post this morning. It might well be that it's just people who are applying for the first time. But hang on a second, more texts are coming in. That's not right, Neil. We had to get an urgent passport recently. The only way to expedite it is to prove it was essential. And rules around what that means, like death in the family, and you need letters to prove it. The same day pay option is gone since COVID, but it may well be gone, but it did exist at one stage, didn't it? You think it's still there though, do you? It was a security guard who told me about that. I wasn't aware of it until he said it. And he said that if you pay 195 euro, um, you can get it. it. But is it 195 euro if you can prove that it's an emergency or is it 195 euro for anybody? No, that's different. I think the emergency one, because I actually queried that with him because I said you know that that's only if like that there was a bereavement or an emergency and he said no 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 he said that's for for everybody and he he essentially did say that it's money like I think that's terrible I think it's awful that that exists at all for a passport which is a a legal document from a state agency but it just goes to show how fast they can do it if they want to you know, like, who, how are they able to push it through in one day? Like, who's there? If, like, if the manpower isn't there to do it, then it shouldn't be possible. But from what you're there. saying to me, and I will ask for clarification on it, it's an example of money talks, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. do you have a date? Do you have a kind of a, a, a target date as to when you'll get it? You should have some kind of a date from them. No. Nothing. You wouldn't give me anything. No, you said that you just have to hope. Okay, but does it not say on a renewal screen should give you a target date? It says the 6th of December. I sure. Well, okay, yeah. 
that's gone. clearly that's clearly inaccurate and it's gone. But um, mm-hmm. do, do you think do you, do you do you think that it will it'll arrive in the next ten fifteen days? I hope it will. Because other it's than that, Christmas, and aside from that, the money as well that my mom's going to have lost, like. So that's not refundable, or uh, you can't you can't defer or delay or put it to another date. No flights and things. I wouldn't think so. Okay. I don't know. It's my mum who booked it, okay. but I, I wouldn't imagine. So those things are usually not. Are they? All right, let us. Can, can we do a bit of work on your behalf and see what the story is in it? Because I'm curious to find out what the hundred ninety five euro is about as well. So um, yeah. have, we, have you left details with us here? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let, let's see. We've had some success with this in the past. Um, you know, trip to Euro Disney, what a fantastic present for Christmas for the kids. It'd be fantastic. Let's see if we can make that happen, all right? Thanks so much, Neil. Really Not appreciate at all. It. Okay, let's see. I can't guarantee anything, but we'll do the very best know, we can. All right, Thank Michelle. You. Cheers. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Text on that. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Just one or two other observations with regards to consumer matters. It's an interesting text there saying, is it true that banks, credit unions and post offices will sell you, sell you sterling or sell you US dollars or whatever, but they won't buy it back from you. That's absolutely ridiculous if it's true. If so, can anyone tell me where a person can sell sterling for euro or dollars for that matter, says Joe. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. I mean, I have permanent TSB accounts and they just completely shut down foreign exchange. They, they claimed there wasn't demand for it. I can't understand why. I mean, maybe everybody uses Revolut or uses bank cards and credit and debit cards. I, I like to get some cash. But anyway, they've got rid of it. But I tell you one thing. I did go to Unpost, in particular the Unpost that I know of, and that would be the Unpost, say, for instance, in Douglas Court Shopping Centre. I mean, what an incredible service that is. There's actually real people behind counters to talk to in the post office. Um, you know, you'd be, you'd be bewildered in a bank these days because they just don't want you going in there. But the post office is a completely different scenario. Friendly, efficient. They do huge amounts of different services in the post office. They're incredible. But unfortunately, they won't take the foreign exchange back. If you bring money back from overseas, apparently nobody wants to take it back again. So you want to spend it when you're overseas or else hold on to it till the next time you go overseas or indeed give it to someone else who is. Sell it to a buddy, I suppose. And the other thing, there was a few friends uh, yesterday were chatting mad and very annoyed that Sports Direct don't take, re- don't give refunds if you if you bring something back. And I, I was thinking to myself, what's the big deal about that? Like if you buy something and you take it away... Why should you be allowed to bring it back? Because you change your mind and expect to get your money back again. I mean, wouldn't it also be the case, say, for instance, that somebody would take something out of a fashion store, wear it at night at a function or a do and bring it back to the shop the next day looking for money. Uh, I did actually do that to you him see, before. <laughs> yeah, but does, does that happen a lot though, Brenda Dennehy? Uh, I don't know so much anymore, but I did do it and there was a bit of makeup on the collar. You see? But I blamed it on it. I was like, oh yeah, that was actually on it before I got it. And that was years ago. And I, but your mum was totally like, you definitely wore it. What is, what is the story then? Is this women or do men do it? I mean, do like you bring, you buy something, you take it home and you don't like it and you look for your money back, is it? Yeah, because you don't have time to go in. I rarely go into a dressing room to try anything on. I'll just say that's size such and such. So hope for the best, bring it home and sure, feck it. If it doesn't work, I'll just go back and change it. The queues, you should see when you go into Zara, there's a certain, there's a, there's a queue on its own just for returns. And do Zara give you your money back? Yeah. 
back onto your card, give you back your cash. There's a specific queue. And why is there a queue of people bringing things back? Is it because they didn't fit? Well, Zara sizes are all over the place, so that could be it as well. Like, you know, you're, you you could be picking up a small and it could be too big or you could be picking up large and it could be too small. So that's the reason for Zara. So it's just potluck there. So, But the story I heard yesterday, and this was a Sports Direct story, was... Um, along the lines of that I just didn't like it when I brought it home yeah there's that too you could try it on you'd be like that's actually horrible and then you just take it back but see things look different in the shop as well so you should try it on in the shop we don't have time why not I don't know you'd be up the walls like <laughs> but from the consumer point of view you were entitled to a repair a replacement or a refund if the goods are broken damaged not as advertised or bad quality not because you changed your mind. Yeah, but you see, sometimes you'd fill out a form as well and you'd have to give a reason why you didn't like it. And obviously, not because I don't like it, it isn't, isn't on it. So you might say, oh, they are too small, too big. Oh, okay. Or actually, there's one I think didn't look like what it seemed or something like that. It's something like that. You know, I might see it online. So you could come home and go, that's actually horrible. I've often bought stuff and go, that's horrible. <laughs> No, I have. I I wear it once. I'm like, this is. There's actually a jumper I was wearing there a few times. I was like, this is disgusting. What am I going on this thing for? And what did you do with it? No, I threw that one out. <laughs> I haven't done the thing where I was actually my thinker doing that. That would be a good one now for Christmas parties. You see, yeah, and you know, wearing the, the one dress and yeah, I could get away with it because no smoking, no no drinking, so I'd know what I was no doing. No Christmas parties either. No Christmas so party, but yeah, I could. I was going to say I nearly chance it, but like you know. Chance what? The Christmas party? <laughs> no, chance buying something and going back for it. No, you see, um, apparently people are annoyed because they're only offered credit notes. Yeah, well, when you told me that story, no, in fairness, I was surprised at that because you'd be looking forward to the all cash as well or the money going back in your card and then a credit note, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, yeah but you bought it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's your problem. Yeah, but there is, you should see on Instagram now the reels of people on Zara. They do a specific one. They'll do a reel and they'll get people to choose to take it back or to keep it. Oh, right. They're always, like that's it, a new thing like now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people do then they vote and then they take the stuff back, what people vote that should take back. So okay. it's kind of a thing as well. Okay. Yeah. So the people who do take everything back and there's a line and a queue constantly there is Zara. Yeah. No questions asked. No questions asked. They just give it back. Anyway, thoughts on that, lads? Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Ah, yes, I seem to have touched a nerve when it comes to the refunds and credit notes. Oh, my God. I thought men were the only ones to try nothing on, says one text to another one. Try it on, for God's sake. It's outrageous to say, I don't have time, says Shiona. Well, apparently women look at the size they look at the colour and say oh yeah that's my size and take it home and then maybe it doesn't fit or they don't like it or the lights are different in the shop and they say nah I don't want that bring it back give me my money back I agree with everything that Brenda said so funny and you'd be up the walls in shops you'd never have time to try things on and actually on the subject of trying things on here's an interesting one it's 2021 lol if you don't like something you'd have a right to a refund you should have most stores now you're not allowed to try on clothes because of COVID so a refund should be 100% available. Um, I bet you we'll get calls on people who um, maybe might admit to um, getting something in a shock, shop, buying it, maybe spending a couple of hundred bucks on it, going out to dinner in it or going clubbing in it or going to a function, as we used to say, or a party, leaving the tag on it, like inside the back or wherever it is. I'm not saying the security tag now, robbing it, just the price tag and bringing it back 
intact the next day and everybody admiring it the night before anyway we'll text on 0868104106 on that pick up the <laughs> there is she tells me there is one of those already Claire good morning <laughs> hi how are you I was wondering if we get a... yeah go on Sorry, Neil, the children are going nuts. All right, I won't keep you anyway. You worked in a busy city restaurant. Go ahead. Yeah, we always did huge Christmas parties, you know, lots of... We were all waiters. Um, My colleague, a waiter, was mortified one night. He was passing by a huge table of guests, saw a lady's tag hanging out the back of her lovely top. So he didn't want to interrupt the flow of conversation. We were supposed to be seen and not heard in a nice way. So he, without talking to her, just yanked the tag off, cracked it off, handed it to her, delighted with himself. (laughs) Now he had done her such a huge favour. Oh, jeez, she nearly went for him. She was, she said the topic cost her 100 euro and she was going to return it tomorrow and he was after ruining it. So now she was going to have to keep the top. He was mortified. He was trying to save her the embarrassment, but he's the one that ended up mortified. He thought he was doing her a favour. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know those tags, the tag that he ripped off, would would it be possible to reattach it? Ah, she got so immoral, like, maybe she did. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's immoral, but it's not immoral to wear it and bring it back the next day for money. (laughs) Well, you know now, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. And so she did have to keep it, yeah? Who knows? I know. <laughs> she did. Yeah. It's kind of it's probably in the world we live in now, it's probably assault to rip off a tag off the woman's dress, I suppose, when you think of it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you can't be doing that. All right, so it does happen. Thanks for that, Claire. Appreciate it. Take yeah. care. Okay, 100 euro on a dress that she wanted to bring back the next day. Uh, text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up after 10 o'clock. A lot of texts from uh, yesterday's programme, particularly with regards to scams. Uh, Kira was on the air yesterday and scammed out of something in the region of 700 and odd euro. She's a single mother with three children and it's all she had in her bank account. I'm still waiting on a response and she is from permanent TSB to see if they will reimburse or refund her that money because she didn't allow permission for the money to be taken out of her account and if that doesn't happen we have a caller who's going to replace the money for her I think it's Paul which is a lovely thing to do be very careful in that regard so thank you for all of those with regards to schools well done stirring it up about teachers and Christmas shopping that should stir up your cause I suppose it's not the teacher's fault the government are useless I wasn't stirring anything up and I actually was defending teachers yesterday saying it's not the teachers that insisted on staying home on Tuesday and Wednesday so that's not very fair um, actually one teacher says we're absolutely peed off to be off today says Anna from a practical point of view letting students from a 600 student school to go to the toilet whenever they feel like it is very very difficult Uh, firstly this is to do with toilet breaks and not being able to wear coats in classes Um, anyway this is when messing can take place and property can be damaged also if I'm trying to teach a class as a teacher and I have five six or seven looking to go to the toilet in a 40 minute period it's so disruptive to the class It's up to the parent to contact the school and let them know if there's an issue and the student who needs regularly access to toilets. Of course, then there's no problem. In the workplace, we have to be able to manage toilet breaks. Same in school. Point there being, um, can the teacher rush out to the toilet any time they wish, I suppose? Uh, A fantastic teacher in a school in Ballancolly used to have the ladies' box in a girls' area of his sixth class room. It had all the essentials for the girls in his class who were going through periods. A pure gentleman and always very helpful with them in a way that made my 
daughter very comfortable with what she went through in sixth class. Well, that's a lovely touch. Uh, that woman uh, on air should go to the headmaster about her daughter. For God's sake, to have to ask to go to the toilet, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. What are we doing to our children? No wonder they have anxiety. It was not, this was not there when we were young. Well, some would say nor was COVID, I suppose. Um, am I hearing right? Parents giving out about schools being closed and giving out last week about them being opened? <laughs> I know, tell me about it. Uh, just one or two more. If these kids are happy with the conditions in school at the moment, why are they on strike? Why aren't they on strike if they're unhappy? They have no problem going on strike and demonstrating on the streets about climate change. Yeah, it's a very interesting clip during the rounds, actually. I might dig it out about teenagers and young people demonstrating about climate change when, to a large extent, they're one of the main reasons why we have global warning, warming with everything they're buying and the countries they're buying it from and the amount of uh, fast fashion that we have. And finally, teachers are wrapped up for years with coats, even before COVID. I remember that when I was going to school, we weren't allowed to touch the radiators, for God's sake. Yeah, it does seem like a form of discrimination if the teachers can wrap up, but the, the kids and the students can't. Back after 10 on 1850 Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Yeah, I was just mentioning uh, out of the uh, 9 o'clock news uh, that the JNLR um, survey came out uh, yesterday, and that's radio listenership. They look at the radio listenership patterns of you guys over the past uh, 12 months. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you uh, to everybody who... uh, Yeah, Actually, a huge thank you to everybody who listens and has listened to my radio program down through the years. But... Uh, moreover, in the last couple of years, because the latest uh, JNLR listenership uh, survey has returned huge numbers for us uh, for the past year. Uh, and I'm so grateful to every single one of you. Uh, 78,000 people listening every 15 minutes is an incredible, it's a phenomenal number and it reinforces uh, our number one position in Cork in the Cork market. It also is added to, incidentally, by three and a half million hours being streamed online, uh, listening online over the last year, which is a phenomenal number. Uh, and also on top of that as well, you've got over you've got over half a million listeners all over the world um, um, and many, many hundreds of thousands listening on podcasts on a daily basis. Some people listen live, some people listen to the podcast, some people listen to the repeat. So the numbers are, are just incredible. So I guess not only are we connecting with with Cork, but we're continue to grow our connection with Cork people right across the globe. And I think that's terrific. Mind you, it's been a very challenging couple of years for everybody. And I know I've said it in the past, I've been, I've been luckier than most. And perhaps you're like me where you, you didn't get sick. You didn't have to work from home, from the attic or a converted bedroom or anything. You know, I got to come to work every day and I got to broadcast from, from a studio. Um, mind you, having said that, that even in itself has had its challenges with, with COVID, like we as a team now would have spent many hours over the last nearly two years continually reviewing and wondering, uh, are we getting the balance right? You know, certainly with regards to COVID, uh, I think maybe some radio stations who've taken a pretty bad dive um, probably did too much of it and people got COVIditis from it. So it's about not doing too much, but still not doing too little, you know, trying to mix it up and not forgetting uh, to keep people entertained at the same time. I mean, informed is, is, is all very well, but you don't want to be instilling too much fear into people and not to be, you know, I think I made the right decision to stay away from all of the experts that everybody was rolling out, I think, um, instead to let you guys, the listeners, to have your own opinion, um, you know, and to share your own stories and your own passions and, and things like that. And the calls and the emails and the texts just went through the roof. It was very noticeable over the last couple of years. And it was terrific. And the stories, they blew me away. Uh, you know, the communication, the stories, the 
the chats that we had, you know, a lot of them made me laugh. Shed a couple of tears as well from time to time with the very sad stories, I have to say. But you know one thing, the kindness yet again over the last year, 18 months, 20 months, shone through from Cork people yet again. You know, the most generous, the most kindest people in the world, I believe. You, you see it at the end of the day um, that really it's just a, a very simple formula if you strip it down. It's your radio show, it's your agenda, your calls, your letters, your emails. They're the things that, that matter to me. And the team matters as well. And I want to thank the entire team for keeping the show on the road for the past couple of years, especially during, uh, you know, most of, you know, most uncertain times when, when they had to kind of like dig in and push on and roll their eyes to heaven, I suppose, from time to time when it came to me. And I suppose under their breath words, they were saying things like, ah, take no notice of him. <laughs> so really, you guys need to be congratulated. You're a lot more than just listeners and you're a lot more than just numbers on a, on a survey, to be honest with you. You're partners in this uh, incredible journey uh, that I've been on for the past 40 years. And you know something? I hope that you'll stay partners for a few more years. So keeping it real, keeping it on on Lee's side, in the words of John Spillane, um, well done, everyone. And thanks so much. As the man from the Gaelic Hit Factory, John Spallacci Spallan, and well done, everyone, and well done to every single one of you. Actually, I was in a kind of a bit of a wormhole there recently. I was uh, online YouTubing Mick Flannery songs, and it led me into Mick Flannery appearing live on stage with John Spallan, and both of them doing Passage West with their guitars. It was a fantastic performance. So here's the challenge for Spallan. I'd love to get Spallan and Flannery in this side of Christmas together with their guitars. Uh, so John Spillane, if you're listening, see if you can make that happen. See if Mick Flannery's on Lisa. Get yourself in here and perform. Back after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, I want to go to the phone lines and, and chat with Donald. Donald, good morning. Good morning. You're in a tough old place at the moment, pal. Homeless, living in your car the last couple of weeks, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm shattered, Neil. I'm shattered. I'm How did it come to that? Just uh, things broke down with uh, my property and I couldn't rectify things with the landlord and the, the hap- I was on the housing assistance payment and um, I... I wrote into the council and I got upset one day because I got a verbal notice from the landlord just to, to leave when I was only asking him to make repairs to the property. And um, I wrote in a letter then to the council to say, I don't want to pay my half anymore, forget it. I'm going to leave. And then the next day I retracted that statement. I sent them an email. I thought everything was okay. They acknowledged it. A couple of weeks later, I got hammered by half pay back payments, pay future payments or else we won't open your hat again. Okay, so so you were down in West Cork, wasn't it, in a house there that needed a lot of work and repair. You said in the middle of nowhere um, and in in a fit of desperation you'd had enough and told Cork County Council you didn't want to be there anymore, cancel app. When you came down you realised that that was a silly thing to do. Yeah. But at that stage plans were in motion and your HAPA was withdrawn and you ultimately had to leave the property, is it? Well, I felt like, you know, um, uneasy there. You know, the landlord would just 
come in and you know, shout in the door, you know, and then he'd say, oh, I got letters from the council, the rent's not being paid, what's wrong? And, and I just felt very uneasy there and I had to go and my mental health just deteriorated. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. Well, I like it. Were there some problems with your contribution towards the rent then, yeah? Um, no, what it was is that it just got, it just got, the, the, the council said that uh, I hadn't paid the rent because they got on to me on the 20th of October and I said, my rent is in credit when I ring half. Oh, no, no, it's not in credit. You owe us for the last three weeks and if we're going to be paying the landlord for October and November, you're going to you're gonna have to pay the future payments as well. Okay. So I want a big lump of money off you uh, or else I'm not reinstating it, basically. Okay, okay. okay. And I All tried right. everything and I tried to explain to them, I can't, I'm so stressed, I can't even eat. Okay, okay. You know? I'm, tr- I'm trying to follow that part of the story as best I can, right? So uh, l- let's yeah. not dwell on that anymore because you still find yourself in the situation where you did leave or you, you had to leave in your motor car yeah. and came back up to the city, is it? Yeah, to simplify, just so I could have heat in the car and and I could eat because I had no money from being on the road, petrol, bloody black, constant. Okay. Because I mean, if I want to relax and stay easy, I have to come up to the city and talk to friends. Okay, because you were very much on your own down there, was it? Absolutely destroyed, yeah. Okay, and, and are you working at all? No job, no? I do work in the community and with some some people around doing bicycle repairs around the city. So I look after people quite well, and I look after the the, the county that we're in. And oh, I know. I'm just. Is, is that a means of income for you, or is it just a bit of pocket money here and there, or what? Sometimes it's just a bit of pocket money here and there. Okay. 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 So when you had the house down west, you weren't working or anything. No. Okay. Okay. Is that because of illness or, or what? Do you have do you have disability? Maybe. You know, I have disability and mental health problems. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's been a tough old time for you then, on top of everything else. Yeah, I know. You're just not finding answers. You know, I'm going to get slated now. By the, when I when I go into the placement services in Cork City, I'm absolutely disgusted. Oh, you sent us in a letter to say that you were leaving the property. You're on your own. You walked out, and and it's like I can't get past that. I've I've contacted everyone. I've papers all over the car. I've threshold TDs, everything. Oh, we can't do anything for you. You know, because someone is sticking their foot down in the sand in the council and saying go away and what do you want him to do reinstate your hap is it no I just want to get into emergency accommodation in the city so I can simplify my life and just how to get up do they know you've been living in your car for the last couple of weeks they, they do yeah and everyone has written into them and they're ignoring everything and when you say they who's they I don't want any names but what yeah. department the, play, the homeless placement emergency services in Cork City, they've uh, a, 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 a unit there behind the Clarion Hotel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, what's it been like, though, living in your car? It certainly must have been cold. Well, it's ridiculous. It's cold and and then you're trying to work out why can't you lie down properly and you're all curled up like a snake in the back of it. Do you have to leave the engine running, No. Every now and again, just started and trying to get it to heat up and put on enough jackets and hope for the best. Where where you've been, where have you been parking up for the past couple of weeks? 
Beaches, I like beaches, the nature and the wind and the rain and everything. Right. And you're left well alone there? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you go to a secluded place to sleep at night. And when you wait, when, do you get a proper night's sleep? No, no, you wake up and you're frustrated and your legs are sore and everything, so. And in the mornings then, what's your routine? Uh, we just try and get something to eat and just keep trying to battle with the paperwork again. Okay, where would you go for hot food? Uh, I would go into get a sandwich at discount rate or something like that in any shop and bottle of water. So you're living on the likes of a sand- sandwiches then, is it? Yeah, small, small things, yeah. Okay. And what about shower or a shave or use a bathroom or a toilet? How do you how do you go about all that? I one once once or twice now I've gone out to the the swimming pool and used the facilities there, but it's expensive enough. Like you pay for the shower, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you spend your day in the car? Do you drive the car into the city? What's your routine? You sleep on the beaches, and then what do you do? Where do you go into town? Uh, I try and go into the into a coffee shop there in town in the Haven Cafe and up by the Gate Cinema and um, that kind of thing and just chat like and talk about things. And you're totally on your own, are you? Like you don't have any, you don't have family to fall back on or anything like that. No, no, no. I don't. I want to be independent. I would just want to be to do my own thing. Yeah, but this is the price of your independence now. It's not working out for you. Is there anyone you can turn to? No, no. I'm fed up. I just want to do my own thing. I'm sick of I can't. I can't. I'm so getting so twisted in my mind that I people. I just want to be away from. Okay. All right. Are you getting any help or counselling in that regard? Like, are you seeing any doctor or anything like that? I have the mental health down in County, but it's every every six months they okay. see me. Anything in between, there's nothing really. Nothing. You'd have to kind of pay for it, or you know. But if they put you on any kind of medication or anything like that. Yeah, I have medication. There. It would be a tall ask for that kind of medication to be working now with the way I'm shaking and what it has to deal with, you know. So are you cold all the time? I think you said earlier on that you're freezing and you're shaking now. Yeah. Yeah, so Christmas doesn't amount to a hill of beans for you, no? No, no, it's just aggravation and stress and and annoyance, really, if people are, you know, you're in the shop and you're getting something and, and there's greed going on in there, trying to get everything they can for themselves off the shelves. Yeah, but they're... They're entitled to do whatever they want to do in the sense that they're working and earning it, you know. That's their money, and you know, like... Yeah, yeah, just be a bit conscious and don't be, like, knocking people over to get what you want, like, you know. Yeah, have you very little money? Yeah, very little. I just survive on little, yeah. Mm. Would you be getting, is it like unemployment benefit? Is that every week? I have my disability, yeah. And what would that amount to, do you mind me asking? 225 euro and I can tell you that don't go far because I pay maintenance and wait for my young son. And do you keep the maintenance payments going, you do? I do, yeah. Fair yeah. play to you. Fair play to you for doing that. Yeah. You don't think, I know I know you're struggling now and I don't want to go back over it because it's difficult to follow but if you had your time over again would you have done anything different? Do you think you messed up with the house or anything like that? Um, 
No, I don't think so. No. I think it was just a natural thing that happened. I was up and down and totally just wiped out from what was happening and yeah. it just took a natural path. Like did, COVID, did COVID get you down on top of that then, the isolation and the lockdowns and not meeting people and being stuck out in the middle of nowhere, you said? Who knows? It's hard to know. Yeah, yeah. Do you go to Simon? I'd, I'd be... I'd probably probably have to give them a call today because it'd be the last draw, you know. You can't do the car anymore. Can't do the car, no. Where no. were you? Where were you from the wind when the wind was blowing hard? Were you on the beach for that? I was in the car and at the beach, uh, kind of bit back from the water. It was, you know. What'll happen when the like? Is your insurance okay and your tax and your NCT? You're not getting any grief for any of that, are you? No, I've I've all my all your paperwork windscreen, yeah. All right, yeah. So, what do you need, pal? Do you need do you need to, do you need somewhere to live? Do you need emergency accommodation? Are you looking for a guest house, a hotel room? I need the emergency accommodation. I need court city council just to accept me when I present myself in there and put me in somewhere so that I can just have a shower and put my head down and, and try get my. My stuff back on track, like you know. Um, what would that be? A hotel room or a guest house or something? Maybe a guest house. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they they're not willing to entertain you. They're saying because you came off the books yourself voluntarily. I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Even though I have proof, and I'm actually waiting for money back from the house, like because they owed me money. I was actually in credit when they were saying. You know, we cut you off at the end of September, but I had been paying all along. Like I was paying. All right, okay. Payment. I mean, I, I'm taking your word for all of that. That's the, you know, the, I, you know, we've dealt with that. But um, I mean, certainly we'll we'll get in touch and we'll get on the case and see what they say to us. Now they may say nothing at all, but a phone call sometimes might help uh, expedite your situation. But if you got back on yeah. on even keel, would your with your with your would your mental health issues prevent you? from getting a, a job and, and going to work and providing for yourself? Because that, that would go a long way to helping you feel better about yourself, you know? To have a routine and a job and uh, a timetable to live your life to, you know? That's it, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And would you consider maybe doing that? Oh, I once I have the basics covered, you know, I feel fresh upon my shower and I'm rearing for road every day. Like, okay. I, I'll be back in the community workshop and I'll be doing my bicycles and that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think what you did back at the time in the house, that you weren't, as they say, in your full senses then, you know? No. You know what I mean? You were having a bad time. You were just... Mm. You were just frazzled, and we all act on impulse sometimes and regret it later. I think it's unfortunate, you know, that you did what you did, but you regretted it and tried to fix it. But at that stage, you're saying, they're saying that it was too late. I think they should cut you some flack on that one, you know. Have you been to Penny Dinners at all, Donald? Um, Once or twice, yeah. Because you know you'll get hot meals there every day, no questions asked. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just... Just checking in to see if you knew about it, you know. But for now, it's yeah, the mo- for, for now it's the car. Day, the days, the car yeah. days must be very long, are they? Uh, not not overly no, because it gets dark early now. Thankfully, so and, and it's actually peaceful when it gets dark because I don't have to worry about people looking at me or anything. 
But have you any friends at all? You obviously grew up in Cork. You must know people, do you? Oh, I know, I know. I've networked. I know a lot of people and they'd ring me and i say no. You know, I just don't... Because I've had ups and downs in my life and had to rely on people. And I just don't... I just don't... Why should they have to... Why should I have to put myself on onto them? Like, you know, I just... Upsets them or whatever. No, Donald, they wouldn't be calling you if they didn't want to help or chat with you. You don't mm-hmm. see it. You don't see it the way I do. You see, because you're down now and you're not feeling great and you're depressed and everything's getting you down. You're worried and you're stressed and you're anxious. But if your friends calling, it means that they they want to help. Mm-hmm. You can't see that, no. I can't just see that. It. I'm just black and white now. I'm just gone. Yeah. You think you're a burden or you don't want to be a burden, whereas actually they want to know, are you okay? Hook up with your friends. Or maybe maybe you feel ashamed. Well, but maybe, yeah. All right, okay. But don't do anything stupid. You're not considering anything stupid, are you? No, I'll keep keep together. Good man, good man. Listen, can um, can we maybe just make a couple of calls on your behalf? Uh, um, Please do, yeah, yeah. Sleeping in the car for the last two weeks is bad enough, but you wouldn't want to be doing it any longer than this, you know? No, no. And this is a terrible way to have to say, to, like, I'm coming on air and saying this kind of stuff is, like, in the tears. Like, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Well, it's not, it's not how you had planned your life to unfold, you know? No. This was not part of the big plan for you, so um, hopefully it won't be long-term. Um, big plan. Maybe we can help to to reverse it. I mean, you know, don't worry about that. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Half an hour ago, we were talking about people spend, spending 25% more on Christmas presents this year. You know, while at the same time, we have Cork people living in their cars. So, um, let's not let's not be judgmental. Let's just get you out of the car. Help you, help you get back yep. on your feet, you know? Yeah, no, get back whatever I get. Okay, pal. Okay. All right, try, try and stay as positive as you can, all right? And we'll get the ball rolling here and see if we can any, make any difference. Just for the day that's in it today, you should call up to Penny Dinners and, and talk with Katrina Toomey because you might need a, a bit of clothes or you might need a wash or you might need a hot meal and, and she'll look after you, all right, for now? Sound, Neil. Thanks for the Sound, call. Donald. You too. Okay, pal. Cheers for now. Bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And today, another 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers. And then tomorrow, it's not 200 euro, it's 1,000 euro to give away. And Michelle, the Jewelers, is celebrating 60 years in business in Cork this year. 60th Christmas. Family-run business. Check them out on Patrick Street. So a 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers. And again, it has to do with bling and uh, jewellery and gold and silver and things that sparkle and shine. So three songs, all right, artists and titles, all to do with bling and shiny things. Don't call just yet, but you can call when I open the phone line. So this is what you got to identify, artists and titles. All right, boys and girls, um, just another listen. All right, 
that's the deal. We'll play it another time or two between now and 10 to midday. Open the phone lines. 200 euro voucher, artists and titles in about an hour, maybe an hour and five minutes time. While all that's happening, of course, a 500 euro voucher today and another one tomorrow for the Furniture Centre Blackpool providing Irish made fabrics for over 40 years. You probably at this stage have clued into the fact that I love supporting Cork businesses and I would encourage everybody, if at all possible, to do so all year round. Uh, You know, many, many of them will match all of these so-called online prices that you get. And you get much better after-sales service and an awful lot of them deliver for free and take away the old stuff for you. So give them a punt. Uh, if you're not thinking about uh, buying local this Christmas time, please do so. So a 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre. Now, get your texts and emails in. We have some calls lined up again this morning. Christmas traditions is what you want. What we want you to share. Yours and your families or the generations that went before you. Your Christmas traditions, please. Text 0868104106. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. couple of texts from yesterday's programme. Um, the whole booster thing that's going on at the moment and they're saying that there's so many no-shows. They aren't no-shows. That is fake news. It's not 125 people who are ignoring a booster. Here are some examples of why I say that. I got my booster in the GP surgery uh, and I got my appointment to attend City Hall through text. I did ring and spoke to a gent and he cancelled it. He told me, ignore the next notification because it takes time to update. I'm still getting texts again and again telling me that I ignored my last appointment. Does the right hand not know what the left hand is doing? I did reply to the text, says Trish. So there's an example of people getting booked, getting their jab from a GP, others from a pharmacy, also being booked in for an appointment in City Hall. And then after the City Hall get in touch with them, they're claiming that they haven't turned up for the appointment, which isn't true. Here's another example of that. I've been fully vaccinated since June. I tested positive for COVID-19 about three weeks ago and I isolated. The HSE texted me saying that I have an appointment for a booster last week. But if I was positive, I couldn't have the booster for six months. Uh, I have underlying problems and I'm sitting in CUH with COVID-19 now. And the HSE continues to text me to get a booster every few days. So it's not all no-shows. I think it has more to do with their computer system and generating automated messages being sent out totally, uh, sorry, being sent out continuously. You're absolutely right. One more example. My wife uh, received her booster jab from her GP, but she still gets texts asking her to attend City Hall for her booster jab. When she contacted them to say that she'd received her jab, they said, ah, just ignore the texts. This is crazy. So many people looking for a jab. Um, and you know what? What happens to those jabs then? Do they just get thrown out? They're claiming that the people aren't turning up for appointments when that isn't true. What are they doing with those jabs? So many more people we could be getting it into their arm and I'm not endorsing that you should. It's your choice. Um, but they're claiming that they're no-shows. So there's examples of why that is not true. Uh, lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 To another no-show, if you don't mind. I mentioned earlier on this morning the uh, Hurling All-Stars has been announced. Dave, good morning. Good morning, Neil. They might as well have just given all of the places on the All-Stars to Limerick because they have the entire team, apart from one player from Kilkenny and one player from Waterford and one from Clare. The rest is Limerick. Yeah. 12, 12 uh, Limerick players. It's, it's, uh, they are, they are, Neil, are there since 1971, 50 years this year. And funny enough, on the very first All-Star, Ray Cummins, the Black Rock holder, actually got two All-Stars. He got the holding and, and the football. football. First. So, like, but I mean, going back to the, the, the announcement this morning, um, uh, of 12 Limerick and three, one from Clare, Kilkenny and Waterford. Yeah. Like, I mean, Cork, 
I mean, Tony Kelly or Clare is a fine holder. I, I, I'll grant him that. Um, the Waterford player, I'm not a handy player as well. Conor Kenny. But having said that, like, Cork got the all in the final. They're amateur players. They train hard. Um, and I think it's a complete and utter insult to the management and players of the Cork team not just even to give one. Just So you know, you, just, you w- getting into the final, an All-Ireland hurling final, doesn't even get you one player on the hurling all stars. No, like it doesn't even get Patrick Horgan on the yeah. all on the All Stars. Well, they had nine nominations, Neil. Talking nine nominations for an All Star, and not one got an All Star. Now, but, do you, I, I believe Sean O'Donoghue, the Inniscar player, um, was probably the favour of the nine to get one. But at the end of the day, um, he, he was still a good bit behind. Yeah, but you have Jack O'Connor, yeah, Seamus Harnady, you have Patrick Horgan. Jack O'Connor had, had a pretty good year. He got a lot of goals for Cork in Munster and uh, through the campaign. But, like, I mean, in all fairness, like, you should surely, by the God, there's one player to order Cork that. Probably, I suppose, the one player that you have to give to would be Patrick Horgan because yeah. every okay. game, Patrick Horgan would probably end up getting... One nine or one ten or one twelve in every game. Sure, surely, but God. Okay, so this is the first time it's ever happened in either ever code happened, yeah. that Cork didn't at least get one award. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you another thing, O'Neill. The Limerick team, like Timmy, do you know what they remind me of? And a lot of my friends now, going back, are hardened, diehard horrors supporting for the last 50 years. And when they, when a lot of them didn't watch much of the holding this year, because the holding, you nearly want to send out a search party in O'Neill to find the, corn, the two corner forwards in any holding match. Because they're over on the halfway line. That's the new systems though. They're all different systems. Longolic, Shawnee Leary that died last week, Charlie McCarthy. Stay, stay inside in their corner position. Oh, it was away last week. Did Shawnee O'Leary die last week? Oh, no. Shawnee died last week. Oh, he did, no. yeah, he died. He was there. He was 69. He died last week. He was sick for a while, I believe. Uh, oh, no. Neil. That's so sad to hear Yeah, he that. died last week. But, like... Um, he was a magician but, but on like, the pitch. He was, yeah. He, got, he scored a goal in the Allen in the centenary final. He got another goal against the Prairie in that month of final in 84. Like, that, man was, uh, that man was like... He just stuck to his position inside in the corner, pod, and he was he's probably the fastest man over 15 yards. Uh, from, ah, that's from very sad well, thoughts are with his family and his friends. But tell me this, is this an intentional snub? I mean, who, why would, you know, get into the All-Ireland Hurling final, you'd think you'd get some player on a list, wouldn't you? What, was no, this intentional uh, I mean, or like what? But then again, just saying like, uh, just saying that Limerick was so, I mean, the All-Ireland final, it was over after 15 minutes, like, it was like, Limerick was so dominant in the, in the final, Cocktail were just completely blown away. So, people are saying, like, well, who, Limerick were so good, what player are you going to leave out? But it's not about just, it's not about the final. They blew away another team in the semi-final. They blew away another team in the quarter-finals. They blew another yeah, team yeah, away right. in the in the different rounds beforehand. So all of that should count for something. It's like as if saying, oh, yeah. get to the final. Well, that doesn't really matter. You have to win. I think, I think, going back for the last 40, 40 years, I think you're, when you're picked up from the it goes on your, on your, uh, on your, um, Entire performance. performance over the over the year, like not just in the final. So, like, I mean, I mean, it's an insult to the team and an insult to the players, and it shouldn't happen. I think it's terrible. You know what I mean? And for those that don't know anything about it, what does being on an All Stars team actually mean? Well, you it just means that you're being, it just means you're being recognised for your talent, and 
I, you'll probably, they'll be, well, normally they'll be heading off to the, the Sun or to America on a, on, on a week playing matches That's or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah, just wondering. So, they, well, so, this year, so, that, so the All-Stars then would go and play around the world? That's right, yeah. Not, they would, yeah. And yeah. I, I deserve at least all well. I mean, they're, 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 they're amateur players, they're not getting paid, so... I think that's the least that's the least that they deserve you know what I mean uh, yeah but they're well looked after like they got a millionaire picking up the tab don't they well well Limerick players the way uh, JP McManus there I mean uh, uh, I mean the, the Limerick are lucky that JP McManus is in Limerick man, because the, everything is paid for like you know the trips around the world um, they went to Barbados for a week or two didn't they that's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll look, they'll look it down there in, in that situation. All right, okay. But so I, what's the, what's the mood on Lee's side then? Well, I haven't had much of it. I, I was on through one or two friends of mine, you know, and they said the same, like, but some people there will just say, look, Limerick was so good. You know, but, and look, if, if you look up at Lee, the way Limerick are playing now, like, um, do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of programmed robots, <laughs> right? That, that you're told to go out and get your position and you're not to leave it. You stay there. You can't roam around the field like 30 years ago and try and find the ball for yourself. Well, listen, you it's all there. very well to I say that, but if you win the All-Ireland Hurling final, you got to be doing something right with whatever programme they put in place. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not attractive. It's not attractive. If you look at any hurling match next summer in the Championship, Neil, and you watch the half-back sending in the ball from, from the half-back line into the full forward line, just look at the ground inside the 45-yard line and you won't see one player in there. One. They're all open half a the whole team. That's not holding. And people are sick of it. I'm Long. sick of it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I okay. mean, you're calling forward. You can't score a goal from the half a line. You can only score a goal if you're on the side and maybe 20 yards out. So a corner forward should stick to that position. And that's the way. But all the new managers know. It's all new systems. And, just, uh, you know, it's totally. It, it's, it's, I mean, the game's on goal. Like, Cock train at all, like, so they, they were, you'd watch them games over and over again. Like, I wouldn't watch them all in the final this year if I, for love of money. Well, I can tell you, up. it was hard watching this year, that's for sure. All right, um, I didn't want hey, the hey, opportunity. Can, yeah. can, can I just say one thing to you? You travel a lot to Kelly, right? Yeah. Have you noticed, you don't know, um, say, two or three months ago when you when you go in and, into a petrol station and you get, say, 50 euros worth of diesel or petrol, right? Yeah. And you look at the figure in front of you on the dashboard and it says you have 750 kilometres left before your next fill. Yeah. Now, you're going... I, that, like, I, I noticed there now in the past two or three weeks, like, you're going and you put in 40 euros and where is it two months ago to be you're 700 kilometres left now till just over the four. Yeah, well, you know why, don't you? It's the cost of it. I know, yeah, but like, I mean... I mean, it's a it's a big come down from seven hundred and fifty. Oh, listen, it fills it, the tank fills or half fills. What you've put into it an awful lot faster these days. I mean, you know, I, I have noticed that. But I've, have you noticed also that if you if you go in and you get petrol or diesel, and let's say it's forty nine ninety nine or forty nine ninety eight, they round it yeah. up to fifty. And if it's fifty oh one or say fifty oh two, they round it down to fifty. So they catch you both ways. That's you know, right. You know, I mean, that's wrong, isn't it? I mean, they must be making an awful lot of money in the one and two cents all of the time. And another what, point, what, another what? just interesting text here. We're backing up the uh, saw petrol from one seventy five by say Finbar Cemetery, and then one sixty by Musgraves. Um, why is th- somebody suggesting why is there such a disparity between one hundred and one sixty and one seventy five? 
I guess Circle K for the last five years, every, well, every two, two or three weeks, Circle K. But what annoys me like is, you don't mind it, it's going up a cent, maybe every, maybe in a fortnight or a week. But now every second day, I pass the Circle K there in Blackpool on a Monday, and it could be 163 for diesel. And then on, the, on a Wednesday, it's 164. And on Friday, it's 165. Like, it's kind of going up on a daily basis, which to me... And it's going to I continue. It's probably going to hit two euros, some say. But the government love that because of the excise and the VAT they get off. They get like 70%, maybe more, of every well, litre. They get 60, 60%, but I have another point now on that. Do, like, would you think the government would take in more in income tax from the PAY worker or from diesel and petrol? I'd say, well, I would probably say the PAY worker, but having said that, they're bringing in billions every year from diesel and petrol, right? Yeah. But the government want us want us to sell a million electric cars by 2030, which is nine years' time. Yeah. So, and which is not going to happen because that's 100,000 electric cars a year and we're only, we have only 45,000 in Ireland sold at the moment and that's in three years, so... There's not going to be a hundred thousand people buying extra cars. Well, they're not very good. At, they're not very good at meeting targets anyway. The best of times, so that one will uh, probably but, but come as, go. But as well as that, Neil, when if they, if they did meet the target of a million cars in, in nine years' time, sure, there's no there's no exercise you like the electric cars. Sure, all gone because nobody. Yeah, all gone because nobody's buying petrol or diesel. Yeah. And, and, and how, how will the government run the country then when they're down billion? All right, my man, cover a lot of ground. Food for thought. Thank you as always, David. If you have any thoughts on that conversation, any part of it, text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. A lot of text coming in on what's ever happening down the tunnel and the Dunkettle roundabouts like a car park and has been all morning. There's a few texts on that, I guess. Somebody's describing it as mayhem stuck for at least half an hour of traffic at a standstill. It has to do, I suppose, with the construction down there, doesn't it? It slowed everything down. And a bad weather doesn't tend to help either. Uh, one or two others just quick on a very fast Christmas tradition is taking the legs off the 30 pound turkey. How do you even cook that thing? And stuffing the legs and cooking them Christmas Eve. So you take them off raw I suppose. Some kind of a saw. Then they're ready by 6pm when all the family on Christmas Eve brothers, sisters, grandchildren and now great grandchildren come for the hot stuffed turkey leg sandwiches. <laughs> before they head home to their own houses with their bellies full. If you've never stuffed turkey legs, Neil, you need to try one ASAP, as they're absolutely delicious. Bit of a fear of the turkey leg, me. Not a big fan of the brown meat. Um, but maybe I might try it at some stage. Either way, back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Hello, Neil. This is Tony Dorgan here from Donovan's Road. Listen, I just ringing in there to say congratulations on being number one. And make that 78,001 listeners. And, uh... Listen, continued success, and all of us up here now in Donovan's Road tonight, we're all very, very loyal listeners, and to celebrate uh, you being number one, we're going to have a glass of tan water and a Gattuck's Swiss roll. Good luck, boy. Continued success to everything. It's the most wonderful time of the
Andy Williams and Merry Christmas to you and yours. And just thinking, actually, uh, with regards to J.P. McManus, maybe they should have put him on. The, maybe they should have put him on the All Stars list as well. Anyway, listen, I explained that very badly uh, before eleven o'clock. I'm told by those that work with me uh, with regards to the petrol prices. Can I please try and explain it again? Because I got it wrong the first time or it came across wrong. If you go in and you fill up the car and let's say it comes to forty nine ninety nine, they will round it up to 50 at the till. But if you go in and it goes to say 50 euro and one cent, they'll take the one cent off you. So they're winning on both sides. And the point is that over time, all those one cents they all add up to a hell of amount of money, I suppose. That's the point I was making. It probably came across all wrong. Lines open one 850 104 You can text 086-8104-106. Lots to do, lads. And, of course, we have our wonderful Just Like Home hampers to give away again this year. And the clock's ticking on that. We've given out quite an amount of them. Wonderful, wonderful texts and emails on that from people who want hampers and greetings to go to friends and loved ones overseas. But phone calls as well. Um, and I know um, I probably checked in. It may have been this time last year actually I was chatting to Mary down in uh, Perth Australia Mary good morning good morning Neil how are you I'm very well I'm hoping that there isn't a whole lot of time delay somebody told me it's 37 degrees is it it's yesterday it was 40 degrees and today it's 35 so because it's in the middle of your summer so it's unbearably hot exactly so you were getting 35 to 40 degrees when we were getting the so-called storm barra I know I know, and that's why. So I was thinking of you. I was, I was um, on messenger cheat, thinking of you, and you know the weather. And we were just the opposite over here. How long are you down there? We're there. We're here. Um, Twenty-three years. Crikey! What brought you out yeah. there originally? Um. Well, my dad was in America for I suppose thirty-five years. And I think I probably had the travelling bug then. So um, we left with two kids, um, uh, 14 and, no, maybe 15 at the time. and 10. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The time. And you, and you and met Pat, your husband, in Rathdorf, your home place. Yes. Yeah. We met um, going to school in Blarney. My God, huh? We went to Blarney second Young school Young love, together. puppy love, still together and still happy. <laughs> And where you yes, know the kids that yes. went down to Australia with you to Perth? Are they still there, or what do they do when they grow up? Oh, they're here, yes. Um, yeah, Patrick and Gary. Patrick um, has his own business, and Gary works in the bank. I love so it. The and, two are fine. And do you get back, or are you trapped down there? No. Uh, well, at the moment we're trapped, <laughs> but um, we go home maybe every two years. But we haven't been home now for suppose, maybe two years over. On account of COVID so and what, all I that. Mean, but what would happen if you came home? Would they put you in quarantine when you went back or something like that? Um, two weeks quarantine here in Perth. Forget about it. But come here, do you enjoy the um, Christmases down there as opposed to the Christmases of your youth here? Um, well, the Christmases of our youth were different. Um, we were born on a farm, so we had um, goose for dinner. Very different and to a turkey, I'd say. And all the rest of it. Yeah. Mm? Did you rear the goose yourselves, like? Yes, yes. Was it not a problem yes. then killing the poor old goose? Did you not become attached to him <laughs> or her? I didn't do it. We didn't do it anyway, but our parents did. So what do you have? What do you have on Christmas Day in Perth? We're we're all we go out. 
we go to a hotel because it could be 35 degrees, Neil, and you wouldn't want to be cooking. <laughs> so why don't you have, why don't the Australians have Christmas time at a different time of the year? <laughs> There's Christmas in July here as well, where people go out and cook turkey and all that. That's the middle of winter. But you have the Christmas tree and all of the, all of the, the lights and the baubles yeah, we, and the holly and the crib yeah. and everything. We have everything yeah, there all up, actually. The lights, uh, Christmas tree, um, all the, the usual. Well, listen. Cake baked. Oh, Christmas cake baked, yeah? Yeah. Has to sit, it has to sit for a while, I'd say. Are you, are you, are you digging into it? No, we're digging into it. <laughs> You're dead right. You're dead right. Anyway, I know that you listen every day and have been for a long, long time. So thank you very much yeah, for your loyalty. Um, yeah, no problem. And happy Christmas any, to any you. Any hampers or any chocolate? I, just, I, was, I, just, yeah, I was just hanging in there wondering whether or not you'd ask or not. <laughs> oh, better girl. Will I, will I send you down a Just Like Home hamper? Yeah, you perfect. Wouldn't, you wouldn't have any interest in all the chocolate inside in that, surely, be to God. No, not at all. My sure. grandchildren would. Sure. I have three grandchildren. Are they Australian, yeah? Yeah. So they wouldn't oh, yeah. know, they wouldn't know what a curly whirly but they wouldn't know what a curly whirly or a crunchy is. So they wouldn't have a clue what nori what nor curry sauce is or bisto granules, would they? No, but they could learn. I tell you what, you keep the Barry's tea, the bistro, the the nor curry sauce, the farmhouse vegetable soup, um, and all that kind of stuff, and maybe keep the potato, cheese and onion and give them the rest of it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. All right, girl. Okay, look after yourself. So can I wish? Can I wish all my family happy Christmas over there? In Rathduff. In Rathduff. All right. You didn't know Ty Dolan growing up, did you? An old buddy of mine. Barney. Huh? Ty Dolan. Great you know, disc jockey. Great radio presenter, living in America now from Rathduff. Well, actually, he might have been more Grana. Oh. Isn't he? Is Grana near Rathduff? Yeah, it's oh. it's the same. Well, it's the it's the parish of Grenada, but Radoff is is part of it. Well, there you go. But my husband would know him better because he went to school in Radoff, where I went to school down in Waterloo. Go and check with him, see if you knew him. We might have a friend in common. Anyway, I'll sort you out, Mary, yourself, and Pat, and all the grandchildren. All right. Okay. All my family, happy Christmas, <laughs> and to you, Neil, as well. All right, Mary. Take care. Take care, Donna. Hello. You, are you trapped in Perth, is it? Absolutely trapped here. We were prisoned last year. They wouldn't leave us out. This year, we're held for ransom. They can, they we're allowed out, but we have to pay to stay in a hotel for two weeks to come back in. And it's not worth coming home to go through all of that jibber-jabber, is it? Well, it is. I would love to do that, but you'd have to have an extra five, six thousand in your back pocket for the hotel quarantine. Oh That's my where the problem God. is. Is it that much, yeah? So it's a big, big expense. Yeah, yeah. So it's been very tough on you guys because the different states have different rules, don't they? They do, yeah. All over the east now, they can go and come back and they don't have to do a hotel quarantine. But here in WA, we're back. We have to go into a hotel. Is it because your numbers are worse or what, Donna? Um, no, there's no COVID here. Um, they want to, they're trying to keep it COVID free for as long as they can. They want 90% of the population in WA to be vaccinated before they open the borders. So that's I think tough. At, um, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. I think we're nearly at 80% or something like that. But now that they're after bringing in the children, 5 to 12, uh, it could change again. You so when were, when were you home last? It keeps changing. 
Um, it was three three years ago, four years ago, three oh years ago. My I think God. it was. Yeah, I was due to come back last Christmas for um, just for a, a holiday. My sister was just after having a new baby. It was going to be fantastic. We were going off to um, centre parks, and then they closed the borders. Couldn't come out, and that went. The holiday was gone. Yeah, I know, I know, and another Christmas would come mm. and go as well. Not the same, the Christmases down there, I'd say. Should they not? You never get used to them. You never, ever get used to them. Yesterday, it was 42 degrees. We were melting. So, I'd say it's going to be a hot Christmas this year, a very hot one. But it's home now, isn't it? You know I mean, this that's where you will remain. Oh, I'll stay here for another while. We'll see. You never know. You never, you know. never know what's yeah. around the corner. What are you missing from yeah. home, then? Um... My family, of course, our friends, all the goodies. I have my daughter here with me. She's only eight, but she loves going to pennies. She wants to do a shopping spree when she goes to pennies. So no, is there no equivalent to pennies down there, no? Uh, not really, nah. <laughs> there was so much, but the stuff in pennies is so much better, isn't it, Kyla? Yeah. Yeah. She loves pennies. <laughs> Does she know all about Cadbury's chocolate and she know all about uh, potato cheese and onion crisps and hula hoops and Barry's tea? Uh- Oh, yeah. Of course she does. Oh, yeah. You got an Australian accent there, kid. Oh, God, do I? Uh, (laughs) I've been here nearly 14 years. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of slipped out there. Um, (laughs) I'm hanging around them too much. All right. Well, listen, when I sort you out for a hamper, would that make it any easier for you this Christmas? We would love one, wouldn't we, Kyla? Yeah. Yes, please. That would be fantastic. All right. Well, you enjoy. Will you have the turkey, though? Of course, yeah. Even in 40 degree heat in the kitchen, you'll still cook it? Yeah, we'll crank up the aircon. And we just got a swimming pool, so we'll be um, (laughs) swimming in the back garden this year. Ah, for God's sake. Is it an inflatable one or the real McCoy? Oh, the real McCoy. (laughs) So rather than than come home for Christmas (laughs) and pay for hotel quarantine, you dug out a swimming pool instead. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what happened when they cancelled my place. I said, let's get a swimming pool. All right. And you, have you been in it? <laughs> we did. I went in yesterday. It was 40 degrees. So I was, we were bombing into it, weren't we, Kyla? <laughs> yeah, it was it. so much fun. All right. I love it. Well done. Okay. Well, enjoy the swimming pool, you, Kyla, and all the gang. I'll get you sorted for we a hamper. Will. And um, oh, maybe talk to you sometime in the new year. But a happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. Can we just say happy Christmas to our little baby cousin? Happy Christmas. What's your baby cousin's name? They are. Who? They are. Theo. You would say Theo. No, I would not say Theo. There's a H in it. I would say Theo. (laughs) Excuse me. Theo Hackett. He's up in Frankfield. Happy Christmas to you all, all right? Thanks a million. Cheers, Donna. Take care. Long we have uh, 500 euro vouchers to give away, courtesy of ourselves in the Furniture Centre of Blackpool. And we're looking for your Christmas traditions, either you or your family or things that you do that were handed down from generation to generation. Just those kind of stories that give us a good warm glow when we hear them shared. So you can text 0868104106 or email 
Neil at uh, redfm.ie. I'll read them out or, if possible, get you on the air, which is exactly the case with Gina. Gina, good morning. Good morning. How are and you doing? I'm good. And I know this is bittersweet for you because both your mom and dad have now passed away. Indeed, your mom died so young, didn't she? She did. She did. She was only 46. Oh, dear me. Yeah, so, so 17 yeah. years ago now in January, you know. And um, they actually, when my dad passed away, it'll be three years in January. It's actually exactly 14 years and 14 days between them, so... You, yeah, said, you, said, you said in your text that you're blessed that you have so many lovely memories as a family, although your parents have passed away Completely and your mum's so young. We, um, give yeah, me, give me a few of them. children in the family. Yeah, yeah. share some of those memories with just, us. Yeah, yeah. So, like, every year when we were younger, now, at the moment, we're between 40 and 45, the four of us, so that's how young now. But when we were young... Daddy used to make us all wait on the landing, you know, to go down the stairs. They had to go before us, you know. And mum and dad then would go down, but they insisted on going into the sitting room before us. So we're at the bottom of the stairs. It it felt like forever. And when they call us in then, it was just to see our faces, you know. And daddy used to scatter sweets all around the Christmas tree, in our presents, everywhere. And the deal was... However many sweets you could grab that morning before Mammy cleaned up, you got to keep, you know? So I was <laughs> Free for all. We call that all about... I didn't even look at my toys. All about... Actually, he's the yeah, smart daddy fine. because it's better for the parents to go in first because you can see the look on children's faces, whereas I go in I last. I think that was the so reason. So I only see the back of their head. probably a few drinks on board. That <laughs> hour of the, the morning? Oh, the night before. The night before, <laughs> just to check everything. I thought your old was knocking the sherry before you got out of bed in the morning or something. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be the chance, I'd say. <laughs> anyway, what well, he wasn't—he was a bit—he was a bit of a man's man, was he? He was. He was crazy. He was—he was just so much fun, like hobbies. You'd be exhausted listening to him, you know, fishing, shooting, surfing, cycling, you name it. And everywhere he went, he took the radio with him so he could listen to you. Ah, uh, you're only plum awesome, <laughs> you know. Go on away out of that. No, I swear to God, right up in Marymount until the day. The day he died. Ah, stop, Gina, really? Neil Prendival. Oh, my God. What's your dad's name? Brendan. What a lovely man. Brendan. He was a character. Like, what a lovely he was a man. real character. But and, and one so year... We gather up all the sweets. Yeah. And um, sure, my sister and my brother, my sisters and my brother, it took them years to cop on that I was filling buggies or bootscapes, whatever I got off that day. I was getting all the sweets first because no one could take my Santa toy, you know? Yeah, that was there. That was on hold. That wasn't going anywhere. And one year then, your dad did a particularly beautiful thing because there's you, your three... Are they all sisters or brothers and sisters? I have two sisters and a brother. Okay, so there's the four of you and then there's your mum. But he had had a a surprise out in the boot, did he? He did. So I worked with my dad for years and he'd always ask my advice on presents to my mum and things like that. But this year, he was giving nothing away. So I kept begging and go on, what are you getting mommy for Christmas? No way was he telling me. So Christmas morning anyway, same tradition, waiting on the landing. Bear in mind now that we were all old enough to have hangovers at this stage, and we still waited for them. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd all go down together, and Daddy went out to the boot of the car and came back in with a present for my mom. And it was 1999, so... The big Millennium New Year was coming up, you know. Yeah. And uh, he had gone away and got her a necklace. He wanted her to remember the Millennium New Year. 
and he got this beautiful necklace made up for her. And we were all like, oh my God, that's so thoughtful, it's divine. And next thing he went out to the car and came back in and was like, four boxes, one for everybody in the audience. Come so we were all like, Jesus. So it's very unusual, you know, when you don't have Santa in a house and we're all grown up. You wouldn't really have a surprise that everybody's shocked, you know. So he went and um, bought five so of the thoughtful. same necklaces so that all of you had one each. We all had the same, yeah. So it was it was just such a lovely memory, all the more now, you know, that kind of a way. I know, I know. And to I just know. think back that he'd have come up with that idea himself, you know what I mean, for such and a special year that was in it. And all these years later and for many years to come, you would all wear those necklaces and hand them down to the next generation. Yeah, I kind of lost my one, but... There's still oh, a few oh. of them around and every so often we take it out and look at them, you know? Oh, oh. could you not get it replaced? No. I know. These things happen. Ah, these things know? happen is right. Yeah. They do, but it's the memory. They'll never go. You can lose the chain, you can lose material things, you know, even lose my parents. The memories will always be there, you know? No one can take that away. Beautifully put. You put that very, very well. Fair play to you. It's lovely Thank hearing you. people's stories and sharing memories. Hang in there. I'm going to get another couple of calls on the air before we decide as to who's today's winner. But it's still lovely to share stories, Jean, and thank you for doing it. No problem at all. You're lovely. Good luck to you and all the family, all right? Thanks a million. Happy Cheers. Christmas. You too. Happy Christmas. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You're, How are you? You're remembering frosty, snowy Christmases, is it? We didn't get many of those. No, no, no. Um, no, but, you know, the traditions that we had growing up um, was that... Um, a thing that was passed down from my grandmother. Sorry, yeah, it's your, yeah, your yeah. story is different. My apologies. I got yeah. different stories no, here on the desk. Go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. So, a tradition that was passed down from my grandmother to, like, all her kids. And then my mom did it to us that every year um, <laughs> when the Christmas cake was being, uh, was being cooked. <laughs> oh, this, I know this because we had this in our house for years as yeah, well. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we're having uh, my apologies with regards to our phones. Any noise, the cake yeah. was flopping, Santa wouldn't come. S- sorry, Sarah, we could were you? All, ju- all right, can you just <laughs> start? Like we have to go. <laughs> okay, can you just start that again because um, yeah. it's very difficult to hear. You, you were saying that <laughs> the Christmas cake would go in the oven, right? Yeah, and uh, the minute it goes into the oven, everybody has to be quiet, including the animals. No. Uh, it's a shame. It's really a shame. This drags on day in, day out, and it's an awful shame that the phone lines just can't seem to get sorted. My apologies for that. We'll come back after the ad break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. All right, Sarah. How are you, Neil? The rule in the house is that when the Christmas cake goes into the oven, there has to be absolute silence. Absolute no banging silence. doors. Yeah. Yeah, no nothing. Even the animals have to be quiet, Neil. <laughs> Um, because I said any bit of noise and we were told the cake would flop and if the cake flops, Santa doesn't come. <laughs> but, is, so, but, it, but is it not true, no? Oh, well, no. We only figured that out there in the last two years and mum's been getting away with it for years. <laughs> she was, but all mothers were saying it. Mine always yes. did. Oh, yeah. No, it's like that it was passed down from my... And you're, you're telling me that it's not true. <laughs> yeah, no, even yesterday now my mum made her cake and we still have to be quiet. I yeah. need to get a confectioner or a baker <laughs> yeah, on the air the to find out once 
I must need to find out once and for all if it's true that when the cake yeah. goes in the oven, what would it be like? The cake mix, the sponge, the the yeah, fruit, you know, the, the, Christ, the, the 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 old Christmas cake, you know, the the fruit uh, would the, fall the, to the bottom, the fruit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the fruit one. Yeah. I thought it was so, real. So you could actually yeah. could have a disco inside in the kitchen. Wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, Neil. That's it. Um, sure, we were we were quite in the house for years, and like that, I accidentally found out, and I told the rest of them because I thought I'm the oldest of five, <laughs> and our baby's thirteen. So sure, yeah, we all were disgusted. <laughs> did your mum just do it for three or four hours of peace and quiet? Then you know, I reckon she did because she. For glass of white, happy out. <laughs> All right, okay. Not, not a great phone yeah. line, Sarah, but thanks for sharing. That's a lovely Thank story. You. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Hang in there. We'll see how we do with the voucher. I bet you a confectioner or a baker might have an opinion on that. Is that an old wives' tale, or is it just things that the parents made up? It's just one one of the things that we always had year in year out. There had to be silence when the cake was in the was in the oven because if there was loud noises or banging noises, even if you banged the door, the cake would flop or collapse. I don't know whether it was the middle it would fall into it or whether it was all the fruit would just drop. more you think of it, actually, how in the name of God could that even be possible? Anyway, if you're a baker or a confectioner or no, either way, text 0868104106. Right, I mentioned frosty Christmassy, snowy Christmases. That's Alex's call, actually. Alex, good morning. Good morning. Good morning all right, you. so tell me all about your Christmas memories or traditions. Yeah, so my Christmas uh, memories are uh, way back from Moldova, um, and uh, uh, it's it's more when I was a kid uh, during the Christmas uh, in the Christmas Eve and the New Year's Eve. So Moldova, we celebrate it all in one. So it's kind of like from Christmas, New Year's, and we have another Christmas as well after the New Year. So <coughs> we have two Christmases officially. We have two Christmases now. Uh, well, you uh, don't have two different Jesuses or two different births. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's the same one. It's just uh, uh, now it's uh, it's really common to celebrate on, on the 25th, yeah. just like uh, anyone else. But uh, the church itself, uh, they didn't change the calendar, so they celebrate on the 7th of January. But at some so, stage you're all going around knocking on each other's doors, are you? Yes, yes, exactly. So it's it's kind of like trick or treating here for uh, Halloween, but we do that for uh, before Christmas and before New Year. So that's on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Uh, kids would gather, would gather in small groups of five to six. They're like really small kids from the first grade, fourth grade. Usually, kids which are older, they don't do that. Yeah. And uh, so they would they would just uh, uh, gather. They they have their own part. Think uh, and they would go to um, to different houses. First, they would go to their relatives. They would go to their neighbors, and uh, in case they get really really brave, they go to uh, a known person. So they would go in the neighborhood. They would go to um, all other people's houses. They don't know. They just knock at the door. They and they would say, uh, which, uh, "Do you want us to sing uh, some Christmas carols, or do you want us to sing uh, to to give you some uh, New Year's wishes?" And uh, all these kids, uh, all of us, we were uh, having like little small uh, plastic bags, and we uh, after we sang, they, the hosts would give us some fruit, some uh, candy some biscuits and um, and in some cases some uh, some money and there would be usually a person who would gather all the money and after uh, we've finished all our tour 
um, we would divide money between ourselves. Between the kids, like the parents or adults yeah, wouldn't yeah, rob yeah, it yeah. from you. Yeah, that's like a mix between, that's like a mix of Halloween and um, the Wren boys and girls who go out on Stephen's Day in this country. I don't know if you know anything about that. They go out singing Christmas carols on Stephen's exactly, Day and stuff. Yeah. And of course, you're, exactly. you're singing the tunes and the carols and getting sweets and, and money and things. So it's a bit of a hybrid all mixed in together. But is, does that still right. go on back home? Because a lot of those traditions here in Ireland sadly died off, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they're not so popular nowadays, I would yeah, say. I uh, not especially in the cities. But I, I think they still do it in the villages. In gotcha. the villages and the countryside, that's where it's still kept and uh, you would see kids going all around and knocking at the doors. And don't you guys I think countries in Eastern Europe kind of look at Christmas food differently don't you? Do you have many different courses of food? Yes that's that's how we do it in Eastern Europe. We have a lot of salads, all kinds of salads with mayonnaise and we have uh, like a very very uh, tough table with all kinds of meat products with with uh, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, salads all kinds of candy so it's it's all you don't have like you wouldn't everything. have any roast potatoes would you like or brussels sprouts or would you have a turkey with stuffing or anything like that uh, we, we we would have um, uh, we can some some people have lamb some people have uh, uh, turkey some people have chicken depending on what what they what, what they can afford at, at okay, the time so, yeah. so it's all all different it's not something uh, specific that they would definitely have but there's like the specific and definitely things that they would have it's uh, the salads the, they will have all these kind of it's a bit fucking cold European for salads, salads though at the back end of December yeah, isn't it but it's it's something traditional, traditional, and people have it. Yeah, I don't know. No, I want the roast cold. potatoes, and I want the mash, and I want the gravy, <laughs> and I want loads of it. Yeah, we we would have potatoes uh, going with meat. Uh, well, that's 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 quite common. I pass on the salad, I'd say, unless there was a, maybe a Caesar salad with some chicken in it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And tell me, do you get back home for Christmas, or is this home now? Have you been here long? Uh, I'm here for five years now. Uh, I didn't go home for Christmas ever since. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, uh, I'm celebrating it here. Now, uh, with the kids, uh, I think we would continue celebrating it, it here. We will see, probably, at some point, at some time, we'll just go for, for the holidays uh, uh, at home. But well, so far, we didn't go. Listen, yeah. thank you. So It's just been a pleasure chatting with you, Alex. I love to hear of how people do it differently or, you know, their own experiences and traditions in other countries. So thank you so much for that. And happy Christmas to you and all your family. Thank you. Happy Christmas, Neil. Lovely guy. Fiona, good morning. Hang on a second now. No, that should be working, but it doesn't seem to be. Fiona. No, it ain't happening for you guys. We'll come back after the break, not to worry. Tell you what we'll do. We'll open our phone lines as well while we're at it. Just um, see if we can get through uh, the comp. This is worth a uh, 200 euro voucher, courtesy of ourselves and Michelle, the jewellers at Patrick Street. So three songs in the uh, correct order, ideally, but artists and titles, they're all bling related. They're all jewellery and sparkly related. Identify the artists and the songs. one 
1850-104-106. Go for it. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Uh, some lovely texts coming in. Bingo's cancelled in the Pearshuk Harling and Club, Football Club tonight because of flooding. Apparently they had flooding. Uh, they apologise to everybody. It's beyond their control and they hope to see you back next week. That's from the Pearshuk Harling Football Club. And also, I think a lot of that delay earlier on that I was talking about down Don Kettleway had to do with the crash just before Don Kettle on the M8. So um, I thought it might have been all of the uh, disruptions might have been because of all of the construction going on. It turned out to be a crash. So bear that in mind. Meanwhile, there's Fiona and she's waiting at the bus stop. Fiona, good morning. Good morning. Um, Wait, happy and you too. Waiting at the bus stop and you uh, fell into conversation, is it? Yeah, with two um, ladies. All right, hold, hold on on a second there now and I'll see if I can do something with this because I can't hear a word you're saying. Is that any better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so you're at the bus stop? And I'm talking to a lovely lady and our conversation went into Christmas and the old times and she was telling me long ago her parents used, um, her dad used to go out for a few drinks on the Christmas Eve and her mum would do the turkey. But she'd always hide the turkey upstairs in the cupboard with tea towels over it because he'd always come in and eat the leg off of it. You mean she cooked it on Christmas Eve while he was in the pub, is it? Yes. Um, it was um, for the first few years, you see, she'd leave it downstairs, but every Christmas morning she got up, the leg was missing. The toe would be gone. So she did, the mum decided then for the years following that that she'd put it in the cupboard, covered with tea towels so he wouldn't go near it. But another lady came <laughs> See, wait a second. So, so he'd come home then, he'd be, he'd be scouring around the house searching for the turkey because he could clearly smell that it had been cooked but couldn't find oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was in his bedroom. But um, <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing at that. And I was like, are you serious? She says, yeah. And we often, my mum often got up. She said, I'm the Christmas morning. And... Uh, grabbed a, a cup of sugar and mixed door and the other lady joined in and answered that um, oh when we went for Christmas long ago we No hang on a second that. slow down a second because the line is shocking I'll see if it gets any better you said something about a cup of sugar what was that? They'd go in next door to get a cup of sugar because there'd be um, no sugar in the house right. and the other lady joined in and said, when it came to Christmas for our shopping, we got it on tick. We never could go in and buy our shopping. And I turned around to that effect and I said, I remember Christmas with all of us in the house, the tinsel, the smell of it, the beef boiling, waiting for the action and the, and the old Barbie dance to come. Yeah, they, they would get it on tick because they had the book there and they'd pay at the mm-hmm. end of the week or the end of the month or what have you in the little shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they ultimately had to pay at some stage, like, but they they would get they'd be waiting on the money because they didn't have a lot, so they'd no, have credit. Yeah, you'd have nothing. So all the sweets and biscuits were hidden because no one could afford to leave them out because the kids were savages. They'd savage them and they'd be gone. You see, and it wasn't yeah. as if you could. It wasn't as if you just go back into your Tesco and buy another tin of biscuits. They just didn't yeah. have the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a, it's I think I, it's a lovely thing chatting at the bus stop, isn't it? I think it's just a nice thing to do because when I pass bus stops, everybody's stuck in their phone. No, this we were more watching the guy feeding the pigeons and talking about the old times and the old traditions and the dinners that time. You you basically have your talking. If you could get if you roast beef, that then there was a bonus. 
I know, but it's lovely to chat to the older generation because oh, they have lovely yeah, stories I to love tell. It. I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry about that, Fiona. I don't mean to be rude and cut you off, but that line is shocking, and my apologies for it. Michelle Jewelers are giving us two hundred euro vouchers every single day this week, and Tamara, it goes to a thousand euro. So good luck to you tomorrow. But let's see how we get on today. Michelle Keating's in Castletown Roche. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so a 200 euro voucher. No doubt you will keep it for yourself, yeah? Yes. It's only the (laughs) men. I learned Christmas presents. Absolutely, for you and you alone. It's only the men that give it over to the women in their lives. You probably gathered that, yeah? And they're probably right too. Okay, so here we go. Three songs, artists and titles in the correct order. As I play them, would you ever shout out who they are for me? Okay. Thank you. That's the deal. Get them right. I'll give you 200 euro voucher from Michelle Jewelers, Patrick Street. Here we go. Prince, Diamonds and Pearls. Death Beck, High Hole, Silver Lining. And that one? And Take That, Shine. You're on the money, girl. Well done. Well, you're on the bling anyway. 200 euro voucher for you for Michelle Jewelers. Enjoy. Buy something really nice and sparkling. You're welcome. Take care, Michelle. Cheers. Tomorrow, it shifts up to 1,000 euro. Same game, same idea, three songs, worth a grand. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And a 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre Blackpool for Gina and her beautiful story about her dad. He's passed away, so is her mam, but that lovely memory of the Millennium necklaces moved everybody here and the girls have decided that Gina is chosen as today's winner of a 500 euro voucher. I loved your story. It was a beautiful story and thank you for it and to everybody else as well. Thanks also, Sarah, in particular for the cake flopping. I don't know whether it's true or whether it's just one of these things that mam's made up. Don't bang the door to the Christmas cake will flop but keep them coming and we'll do some more tomorrow text and email text 0868104106 email neil at uh, redfm.ie just before I love you and leave you for the day that's in it though just one or two quick ones here because we have for um, just like home hampers somebody's asking me they want to send them themselves how do they do so get in touch with www.justlikehome.ie a beautiful card came in this morning beautiful Christmas card lovely handwritten one it says I'm writing to your wonderful station that I listen to every day I heard on your show that you were sending gifts to our dear family overseas. Well, I'm 83 years old and I have a sister in the USA for 50 years. She's 68 years old and has taken ill for the past 30 years and is unable to travel home and unable to get treatment uh, or unable to get we are unable to get food to her even. We have um, buried two brothers this year and I'm sh- and it's uh, and it would be a big boost to her to get one of your Irish gifts. A big thank you. Uh, to uh, to everybody, including your nice receptionist who I spoke to this morning. Uh, wishing you all a fabulous and very peaceful and relaxing Christmas, says Eileen McElhenney, who's in... Um I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, her, she's in Kilnap in the Mallow Road, and her sister is Kay, and she's in Powchester, New York, by all accounts. 83 uh, years young, and, um, you know, missing family, and, of course, COVID's been tough. I think it'd be lovely to send um, a Just Like Home hamper over to your sister Kay. So, Eileen, we'll do that, and thank you for your beautiful letter and your kind thoughts. She's been away a long, long time, and... Uh, not feeling the best for quite some time, so I'm sure that a Just Like Home hamper will brighten her up and make her feel a hell of a lot better. Listen, our lines will stay open at one 106 You can text 086-8104-106. Again, thank you one and all for listening. I do really appreciate it. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.